We've just been talking about reconnection, Muhammad Alansari, haven't we? Lovely yep. to have you with us. Um, Lovely to see you again. In Parenting Today, new research reveals ways teachers are challenging their students to be the best they can be. For more on what the Teaching, School and Principal Leadership Practices Survey reveals about the strengths and needs in our schools, and also where teacher morale is at, we welcome New Zealand Council for Educational Research Senior Researcher Muhammad Alansari. Uh, your research is so important, and we were talking a bit earlier to Paul Diamond about how it is so important to underpin our assumptions, and often assumptions that are held with goodwill, mm. but when you really dig in, you find out some stuff you need to know. That's right. Um, and goodness, do we need to know what's happening in our classrooms with students and with teachers right now. So tell me a little bit about the survey. So this survey is open for all schools, and what we do is we try and produce annual or biannual reports on what our teachers saying about the things that they do well or really well to support kids, to connect with their aspirations, to connect with the wider community, what happens at the leadership level, as a school, how do I, how do they make an impact? And so in 2021, that's the latest report that we've just released, we focus on the views of the 3,645 teachers who responded to the survey. That's a huge number from about 223 schools. And I thought I'd just share some of the things that teachers said that they do well or really well to support kids because I think it's important for all of us to think of how can we scale up and out those good practices. So when we ask teachers, what is it that you do to optimise student opportunities for everyone? How do you support them reach their aspirations? Many of those teachers said that they provide authentic learning experiences to connect with what is it that their students are interested in. They encourage them to take risks. They challenge the way that they think. They get them to promote their point of view alongside others. They get them to showcase opportunities where they put inclusion, identity, equity and other stuff into their own practice. They showcase what they know in different ways and they use they give them a lot of feedback and they use flexible grouping so students from different levels challenge each other. In other words, they don't stream, they don't ability group, which we know got negative effects on kids' learning and achievement gains. Um, and that was really good. There's at least 80% of more of the teachers said they feel that they do this well or very well. Now, our survey um, got 3,500 plus teachers. A lot of them come from middle and high decile um, schools. And so it's not necessarily across the board, but it's important to reflect for us as schools. How often does that happen in my year level, in my department? in my region. Did you ask the question for them to respond to or did they volunteer? Oh, we've given them a, a, okay. a list of things to That's respond interesting. to. That's interesting. So there's a wee prompt there. Mm-hmm. So um, sometimes we have to be ruthlessly honest about ourselves when we, mm. when we answer something that's prompted. That's but right. nonetheless, when you look at those individual um, components, that's a positive response. Absolutely. And, and are they fundamental to the way educators are themselves being educated these days, their professional development? These these things like authentic learning, taking risks, um, you know, using your own point of promoting your own point of view, but in, in, in um, respect with others as well. Are these fundamental to teaching? professional development. Yep, so all of these things are foundational things that are often um, described or honed down on in early on in pre-service uh, education and also teach education programs. But, that, but you know, that's that, over time, under pressure, yep. so it's good to go back and touch base. 
Which is why it's also important for teams as syndicates to go back to these things. And when it, when we talk about ongoing PLD, for example, it's important to revisit those good principles that we know make a difference and ask questions about how often do we do these? Could we do them better? In what ways we could do them differently? Just as, as, as exactly what you said, just as a recheck, are we doing them well enough? So when you mentioned this was the middle and higher decile, and I know we've just moved on from the decile system as you know, basically right now, um, but... Uh, was it that you didn't get replies, perhaps, from as many of the lower decile schools, or was it just that they felt, in many instances, they weren't able to, they weren't oh, doing some, these things? They're simply underrepresented. So we have underrepresented. underrepresented. Okay, gotcha. And so we've got more of that. The okay. reason why I say that is that we've got interesting findings about morale. Now, a lot of other studies at the moment have shown that teacher morale is down uh-huh. across the board, uh-huh. but in this survey, compared to 2017, morale is up. So 69, 69% of teachers reported good morale in 2021. That's up from 61%. And Again, this is self-reporting, though, isn't self-reporting. it? So there's a slight skew. If you're yep. absolutely snowed, the last thing you're going to do is another, is another survey. <laughs> okay. But but with the group who has replied, and it's a mm-hmm. good number, what, what do you make of that? Why do you think morale is up? Well... To me, one key message behind this is that when we ask questions about how is your work going, how are you feeling about your workload and stuff, it's not just important to look at it at a national level. It could be that different schools have different circumstances, True. they have different stuff going on, which impacts how they feel. It could be as simple as you say, is what's my syndicate like, what's exactly. my principal like, how do we get through the whole kind of... Yep, and we dot, know dot dot storm that was COVID, right. and, yep. and and for some they and that they ought to. Many of them feel mm-hmm. an enormous sense of achievement for yep. for what they did. Um, was morale broken down anymore, or just morale? Just no, how you just, feel? Just to, how you, yep, yeah. how you feel? Do yeah, you feel yeah. positive about it? And that's an interesting point that you raise about COVID, because a lot of the recent reports about COVID impact on schools suggest that lower deciles have been impacted the most, uh-huh. which is why I said it might, there might be decile differences. And so it could be that by regions, by deciles, morale and workload views would be different. Remember, we had issues with getting laptops out, mm-hmm. with getting That's resources exactly out, all That's this right. kind of stuff. And, and it went on for ages, actually, yep. during lockdown. Absolutely. And then the, the other thing, Mohammed, um, what I'm really interested about is that we're in this transition now. We know the first third or the first quarter of this year, we still had really patchy attendance, mm-hmm. right? We still had a lot of um, patchy attendance, and it began sort of trending up again. So schools are in this transition back. Yep. Yep, it and, never and, stops. But also, for they're probably they'll be chasing, they'll be chasing kids and families and saying, you know, what's happening here, yep. and um, so still a hell of a lot going on. Absolutely. But you are still seeing morale improved in this in this yep. group that replied. And it would be great to learn from schools who report much better morale than others to look at what strategies do they use, what are the leadership practices there, um, what could we learn about what's working well in terms of system, in terms of communication, partnerships with communities, and could we, again, scale that out to other schools who might not be reporting similar levels? That will be important in terms of sharing the learning across the board for us as a country. Okay, are there other things to point out, or we go into a little well, more depth into some of them? What, what one of the things that I want to point out as well in this year is that we found that primary teachers were generally more positive about their ratings across the board than secondary um, and, and we also wondered whether that's it could be that with when it comes to secondary they've got to go through assessment NCA changes of course um, in getting addition kids ready to COVID, for exams thank you so we wondered whether they're feeling the pressure much more than primary schools that might, who, who might not have those same circumstances or extra stuff that they've got to work on this is what came out right at the start was, and it was the advice to parents at home: don't try and be 
the teacher. You know, yep. don't try and do everything situation normal because it's not. Mm-hmm. But for those who systemically have all these assessments to do, yep. yeah. That's a different story, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, working together is key. We've been asking parents to be patient with schools and being proactive about what is it that we could do together to ensure that these disruptions, these changes aren't reflected in negative impacts on kids' learning, how they feel, as well as the attendance rates. We want more kids to reconnect and re-engage with school post-COVID, and we are hearing from schools that they're still struggling with that, in addition to everything else, in addition to the changes that they've got to go through. Support is key, PLD is key, and coming together is key um, for, for, for solving stuff like this. We were talking about how syndicate level and um, uh, principal and deputy principal level leadership, overall leadership can be really important, whether it's your team or whether it's the whole staff room, very important to morale. But you've mentioned it several times now, the school community partnerships thing. And it has been strained to heck, of course, by all this as well. Yeah. What more... Um, what more can we learn from the survey about picking up the pieces I guess guess there we ask teachers as well whether they think they engage well with communities and in terms of their ratings across all of the survey they were less confident about the extent to which they provide learning opportunities that align with what's valued by the community and they were less confident about the extent to which they collaborate well with the local community and utilise their expertise to create more authentic in-class activities and school activities and learning um, outcomes. In in part, it could be that, again, because of COVID, parents were just too busy. It's hard to engage with with, with all of us really sometimes in these times. Um, But they wanted more support about how do I go on about this? What level of resourcing available? Who's making the contact? What kind of line of communication is needed? And we've been honing down on messages like this in different research projects that it's got to be too way but it needs the time and the resourcing to make that happen it's an extra thing but we want it we don't want it to come across as another thing that school's got to do it's got to be integrated and organic with everything else that they do it's such an interesting um point Mohammed. i mean we, we, we've talked about it lots of times i've mm. talked about it in uh, segments where we've been talking to psychologists actually in parenting talking about kids disruption mm. and some of the psychologists saying Look, right now, their mental health and being okay is more important than whether they get A's at the end of this year or whether they take a gap year next year or whether they've decided they don't want to go to university. And that's the same stress on our educators too. They're being asked to pick up the pieces, but they're experiencing what everyone else is, which is narrowed bandwidth, fatigue, just general blah, and and hopefully we're putting that blah further and further behind (laughs) us. But but we've got to be mindful of that, and and school leaders have got to be mindful of that. Well, it's really my hope that just as much as we're placing emphasis on student learning and student well-being, we've got to place emphasis on teacher and leader well-being at the same time. Um, What are we doing as a system to recognise that teachers are humans too, they've got their own life, they've got their own stuff happening and going on for them, and how do we support their well-being in order for them to to do the things that they know they've got to do and they know that they're good at anyway? Um, And it's another important piece of the puzzle that I hope we will return to. Have you in this survey or others found out how things are going with the endless kind of paperwork that was a big issue? Because this occurs to me as well. What were we talking about at the start? Providing kids with authentic learning... Mm. 
Just remind me of them. I've got them here. Taking risks. Remind me of them. Risks, challenging the learning, timely feedback, doing flexible grouping, um, integrating um, kids' culture and identity into practice, getting students to demonstrate their learning in different ways. It all takes a lot of time. Time. But it also (laughs) should be the priority. Agreed. Agreed. And so I don't know if you were in this or other surveys able to find out whether people are still finding that all these other things they have to do, and they they have their Mm -hmm. purposes, all the paperwork and the accountability and the reporting and the meetings and this and that, whether that is encroaching and whether we have allowed for the extra stresses Mm. of COVID Mm. in ensuring, number one, is this stuff. We'll tell you what, we've in our national survey of schools, um, last year was the national survey of secondary schools, we often ask the same question, what would you change about your job? Um, and we ask the same question every three years. In the last three rounds, which dates back to 2015, um, the top three have always included reducing paperwork, reducing admin, and reducing bureaucratic processes that stops teachers from doing what they ought to do. So it's not gone away. It's, it's not gone away. And we've got to figure out how do we make sure that that's not a barrier for teachers to do the things that we want them to do more of. I mean, the stuff you have to do to be responsible. Of course. course. But the suspicion is there's an awful lot of stuff and duplicated stuff. And Can we be more efficient? Can we be more innovative about how we carry on? Um, That's right. Are there things that we can take away from them? All these questions that are leadership I suspect these teachers will be listening to this later just rolling their eyes because it's Oh, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to all the teachers. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Mohammed, thank you very much as always. Mohammed Al-Ansari. And that's the Teaching School, School and Principal Leadership Practices survey. Is that available on your website? Yep. Okay, so that will be on the New Zealand Council for Educational Research website and we, if we don't have one, we'll get a link up here as well. Thanks, Mohammed.